Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we go again. Welcome back. Another week of Ticket to Gamehenge. Uh, today is Groundhog Day. Um, and I was thinking about Groundhog Day this morning because it's all over the news and what a bunch of horse shit that tends to be. But it got me thinking, what would be the animal that we would rely on to do something to tell us when fish is going to be officially coming back and playing live music again? What would that look like? Is that's, it like a crazy? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I don't even know. I'm making it up as I'm talking, but would it be like a kraken coming out of the ocean? Would it be some four-eyed fish jumping out of the water? I don't even know, but uh, it would be great if there was an official indicator to tell us what's happening. Um, but hey, what's your take on Groundhog Day and this groundhog seeing its shadow and all that BS? So I'm laughing because the only thing that popped into my mind was that one scene from The Simpsons. You're going to have to speak up because you're wearing a blanket right now. You're going to have to speak up. <laughs> towel. So if anybody is, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody watches our, our uh, YouTube version of the show, but um, I'm in oh, a room that's typically really cold and I'm draped in a blanket. Like, it's almost like the power has gone out. It's so bloody cold in here, but my wife likes it chilly. So um, whatever, I'll deal. I can always layer up. Um, so play, so if, if it had to be an animal for fish, it'd probably be like, I don't know, an ocelot or an antelope, an antelope or a dog named Jim. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a cat named poster <laughs> poster nutbag um, here's patches <laughs> i haven't done that in a long time where's patches uh okay so anyway um sticking with the theme of the show i'm gonna try to make a connection here uh so this past sunday it was just kind of hanging out and i had just started listening to um 81793, which dropped on live fish on friday which we will talk about i just started listening to it i texted you because I was so excited. I was like, man, like, I'm really excited to listen to the show. A few minutes later, you replied with something that kind of came out of the blue. And it was, um, I guess I would call it a listen request on behalf of your wife through you to, to me for a podcast episode of, and I had to write it down here because I couldn't remember it, a podcast called The Birdhouse, um, which is hosted by a DJ called Claude Von Stroke. And this was episode 273, and it was called Live Number One. And that's all really, you just said, Rochelle wants you to listen to this from the start. And that's all it was. And um, so Sunday afternoon, wife went out to do some shopping. The, the younger one was napping and the older one was just kind of playing, hanging around. So I put it on. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to get too much into my thoughts because I want to focus more on the why behind that listen request because there hasn't been a follow-up. There hasn't been a re- there wasn't a I want you to listen to this because of a certain reason. It was just listen to this. And so I did without thinking about it. But since then I've been thinking about why I just went ahead and listened to it. Because many, many times I get recommended by coworkers, friends, family to listen to something, to watch something, to read something. And for the most part, I, you know, we're polite. We go, yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. And then we don't follow through. There's a girl that works uh, for me at my store. Her name is Mary. And um, when I met her about a year ago, I was singing um, Proud Proud Mary. And uh, she had never heard of the song. It's still a year to this day 
she's not from Canada. She's from another country. Didn't, didn't grow up in North America. Didn't even know who Tina Turner was. And uh, so fair, but I've been recommending just four minutes, listen to this song for about a year and she's never done it, right? But I was thinking about how I, within about an hour of getting that message, and, and it was a timing thing, I had, to, I had the time to do it, I jumped on it and listened to it. Yeah. And I was thinking about that in that I've known Rochelle uh, almost as long as you've known her, I guess, clearly not as well, but 20 years. And I don't, I can't remember her ever specifically recommending something for me to watch or listen to. Um, but again, I just jumped at it and went, yeah, I took that request, I think more seriously than most. And I was thinking about, is there a strategy there? Because we're talking about how to get people into fish and um, that approach, I mean, uh, and I'm thinking the approach was to see if I like house music or if I like trance or whatever that music was called, but I don't really know. And I was questioning, why does she want me to listen to this the whole time I was listening to it? I was almost waiting for like some fish remix to come into the music or something. Like I figured there was a real point and a real reason, something that she specifically wanted me to hear. Um, but I never really heard that, you know, but yo, okay. Um, but I thought, for us in that it's an interesting approach in that is it effective if it's somebody who you are close with, like I'm close with you um, and I'm trying to articulate it well, but almost like a once removed, like a friend of a friend or an acquaintance that you respect and you know, and you like, who's yeah. never recommended something, just dropping it out there. Like I, I jumped on it because it's never happened before. Yeah. It's a different kind of relationship than somebody who you see all the time, you work with every day, that's, you know, getting on you to like something that they like. I just thought in terms of an approach, it got me to listen to it right away. I listened to it with an open mind because I didn't know why she wanted me to listen to it. So I was really paying attention to what was happening, the, the different songs, everything the DJ was saying. When he was saying, oh, this, this track is fire, this track is hot. Meanwhile, I was nodding off while listening to it. I found that music so soporific. Um, I, I, I had a tough time keeping my eyes open because it was the same kind of tempo, same kind of, a lot of looping, a lot of repetition in the song. And I was, I was bobbing my head, I was liking it. It, it was relaxing to a degree, but um, yeah, it was just, it was interesting. So I've still been thinking about that podcast. I'm not sure if I'm gonna go back and listen to any of that music, but I'd be open to another recommendation from her. It sounds like there is a reason that she wanted me to listen to that. The reason was the similarities between fish and and you know live like for what like I hate getting the names wrong I hate con calling it electronic music but that type of music yeah. mm -hmm. right in terms of um, you know he it's in the moment he's creating it mm -hmm. uh, you really don't know what's going to happen next the music takes. You know, other than being in four four times, so they can continue to to keep the tempo. It sonically takes hard right turns all of the time. Okay. You know the the vibe of him being like, you know, here's what I feel like playing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Here's what's coming on next. So it was more like, uh, you know, here's how what it sounds like electronically versus mm -hmm. what it sounds like with guys playing instruments. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. And I figured that was it. Like, it, you know, we've talked about um, tension and release and all that sort of stuff. I didn't find a lot of that in there, at least in the one that she sent me. Again, it's one of 200 and whatever episodes. Um, 
but yeah, I did consistently find myself kind of bobbing, thinking, okay, the tempo is not really changing. The time signature is not really changing. The, the odd little bit of, um, I wouldn't call it singing, but the odd little bit of lyrics that were put into these songs was just like, so <laughs> what is this? But I also thought, like, how often do new potential fish fans or people that are being exposed to fish for, for the first time listen to it and go, what the fuck are you talking about? So, you know, it, it, it got me in, like, in, like, into that mindset. Um, but yeah, I just found the, the whole thing as a strategy in the relationship that we have. I, I, I jumped at it to, to listen to it. I, I, I don't think I've done that in a long time. Well, you buy the um, you buy the messenger first, right? Say that again. Like, well, I know what you said, but what do you mean by that? So, I think there's two things. I think uh, I think there's two things that are at play here. Number one, you buy the messenger first. You obviously have a lot of respect for the person that recommended it to you. Mm. But there's also, you know, human nature loves curiosity, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, like, part of like a good story, you know, part of what keeps you listening to it or paying attention to it is the I wonder how this is, I wonder where this is going to go. Yeah. I think, you know, and I think that's a technique that Fish uses brilliantly. I mean, if anything, you're like, what are they going to play next? What's going to happen now? There's that element of, of, of surprise that I think is, is really satisfying when it plays out really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just the, the, the nature in which the question was asked, which is like, hey, listen to this. You're kind of like, yeah. why? <laughs> which i didn't ask and i thought about that after right it obviously is a two-way street but i i didn't push back i didn't challenge i didn't look for an explanation i just went okay like why yeah. not um and you know ideally for us when it comes to fish hopefully more people are open like that because i think you know i was just like whatever but mm-hmm. i think sometimes people want to understand why they're being recommended to listen to something you know i think there's also the issue of integrity you know mm-hmm. I, I want people to listen to my recommendations. So I'm going to go ahead and, and be a person who listens to recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. It's a law of reciprocity, you know, we talked about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was good. I will say as a, it was an hour long, it was like an hour and one second, this whole podcast. And uh, I looked, I looked down at the timing at about 45 minutes in and you know what my first thought was? Only fifteen, only fifteen more minutes until I get to go back to eight seventeen ninety three and get listening to that again because I was so excited. It it, it uh, stepping away from fish made me want to go back to it really, really uh, quickly. But it put me in that mindset. So yeah, have, no, especially when you have that show to listen to, right? Like, yeah, you got taken. Yeah. It wasn't like it, dude. You you, if anything, Jesus, you stopped listening to a show to listen to this. I would never do that. I'd be like, oh, when this is done. Yeah, well, it was just more of a timing thing. I, uh, you know, it was just, I had an hour basically and um, checked it out, but but I did nearly not off to sleep, literally a couple of times. I was just sitting on the couch, hanging out, playing a game on my phone while listening and uh, while Grace was playing and coloring and yeah, I got sleepy, <laughs> um, which which I don't think, uh, uh, segue, anybody fell asleep uh, in August of 93 in Kansas City on the night of the 17th. Um, I that, bet you, uh, that's not even true. I bet you somebody had, I yeah. bet you like some first timers there that were like, what is this? Maybe. Maybe. Um, Llama to boot to boot. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, real, real quick. I don't know what day you put it out there, but last week you put out a video of fish playing somewhere in Europe at a festival uh, to fans that largely didn't know them. And uh, that was really interesting to watch. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing, right? I, I, I watched about 10 minutes of it, but um, 
it reminds me of, uh, you know, most bands aren't playing to an audience that's there just for them. They're gigging, they're, they're, they're finding a way to play any way that they can, trying to get an audience. And, uh, you know, thinking of 93 as well, it, it, you know, thinking about the climb and the journey and the ascent to the top of the summit, or whatever you want to call it, was really interesting to see. Also reminds me of the first time I did stand-up comedy in front of strangers. <laughs> like it was very different than doing it in front of our high school when people knew who I was. You know, there was a there was a very different reaction to the exact same jokes with strangers than there were with people that knew me. Um, I feel very vulnerable and naked when you're doing that kind of thing, but uh, you know, obviously stick it through. Um, so eight seventeen ninety three. Yeah, I had a chance to listen to it over the course of I guess Sunday and Monday. Um, and I think to sum it up, what I said to you was, it's fucking fire. Uh, great, great show. I am so thankful that those shows are getting released and put out there. Um, and yeah, just the energy in an early 1.0 show compared to what you see now. Not that it's bad or good, but it's definitely a more intense energy, right? And I think the way you put it, something to prove, Fish, I think is kind of how you quantify that era. Um, but yeah, really, really good. I also took a, a moment to look up the venue itself because I don't know if you caught it, but I did the echo in there. Made me think that they were in a really small club, like a really tiny, tiny venue. But then I thought, well, it's late 93. Got a few albums under their belt. They're at the point where they're getting into theaters and not quite in arenas yet. So I looked up this venue. It's actually in Kansas City, Kansas, not Kansas City, Missouri. Venue holds about 3,500 people. It was built in the 1920s. Um, the Dead played eight shows there uh, in the 70s, in, in, in between the 60s and 70s. Pink Floyd uh, played Dark Side of the Moon there in 1972. Um, there, uh, 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 Kiss, Kiss made their Kansas City debut there in 75. Um, Peter Gabriel played there in 83. So a lot of really big names and big bands, even going back earlier than that, um, that played there. CCR, Can't Heat, I, Ron, Butterfly in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> what a great song that is. If you ever listen to that song, put, put your headphones on. Because the drum solo, the way that they mixed it with the stereo sound, it sounds like he's drumming around your head in a circle. So if you're ever looking for a bit of a decent little trip, um, and if you've uh, dropped dropped a bean per se, put on put on Iron Butterfly and put on that song. You'll be like, oh, this is interesting. Trivia, um, fun fun trivia. That was the first song ever recorded to take up the whole side of a record. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I know it was very much labeled as a big bathroom break song for radio DJs back in the seventies. Like if they needed to go take a dump, <laughs> they put on <laughs> Inagata Davida because they had the time to do it. Um, but I remember when I was in ninth grade, some guys around me were into that song. They got me into it. I still have it on tape somewhere. I, have, uh, I, have, I, I listened to Iron Butterfly. Like I, it was a band that like, you know, for a time there. Yeah. You know, I run Butterfly and Zeppelin played at that venue too. So, um, but it really stuck out to me when Divided Sky came on, which I think was the third or fourth song. And when they finally go to the chorus, Divided Sky, the wind blows high, the echo that reverb in that venue made me think it was really small, but it's actually quite big, 3,500 people. Um, and uh, yeah, just fire that show. Like I, I wanted to teleport back to 1993 and my current self and um, feel what it was like to be in that place and watching and watching them go. Um, just really, really good. Any favorites from that, from, from that show? Like anything that really sticks oh. out? 
uh, take your pick, man. I really enjoyed, uh, I loved the David Bowie. Mm. I loved uh, I loved how some of the songs were just different, you know, like the Wilson was different. I think I think yep. if I remember correctly, that was the debut of 2001. Is it really? I think so. I'm going to look that up. That's um, because it because it seemed a little bit different, too. Well, it's um, shorter, right? There's no jam parts. They just played the song. Yeah, it was only four minutes long. Um, when I sort of saw that, I'm going to while we're talking, I'm going to look that up and verify that. It's always interesting to hear a debut. So um, for me, this that's the that's the element of fish that I miss the most in 3.0. I miss that energy, you know. I miss that that chip on your shoulder. Like we're gonna play our faces off, and we're gonna do it without anybody knowing who the hell you know we are, and we're the best. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the debut. Okay. For the record. The debut. It was earlier that tour. It was a month prior. It was July the 16th. So it wasn't that far off. Yeah. It had been the, uh, would, it would have been the 783rd show because it was 782 show gap until that one was played. And they played it 16th, 17th, 18th, three days in a row. And the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, like they seemed to play it every show from that point on for a little bit. But definitely an early version. Um, yeah, and it's nice to go back and hear that long intro of Wilson where the where the crowd didn't automatically just chant it after the first gung gung gung. Like, you know, we're so wired to automatically hear that part of the song. And then when it's not there, like, oh shit, like this existed before a time that it became what it is. Just like we we're talking about last week. Songs existed before we were alive that have always been there. And uh yeah, so really, really cool to kind of go back in time and hear what that was all about. Um, and I hope you know, going forward, they put out more of those early, early 93, 92, 1.0 shows. They're just, well, those are the only ones, those are the only ones to put out. Right? Like, yeah, really. I mean, like everything. 2, 3. 3.0, we have every note. We, we have access to it. Yeah. But I mean, like if you were to pick if if they're going to release a few shows a year in 1.0, when would you want them to be? Would you want to mix through the years or would you prefer early stuff? 2000. I want to hear my favorite year, but I would prefer a mix. Yeah, yeah. To be able to compare and contrast and talk about what we're talking about, and yeah, all that, all that stuff. and where they were at, you know, and and to think back, you know, like where you were in 1993. I think well, we were in like grade eight or grade nine at that point. I would have been grade eight. You would have been grade nine. Yeah. Yeah. Another. Yep. Uh, that's under Canadianism. We say grade eight, and you guys say eighth grade. I don't know if you know that, but that's the favorite one is 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 uh, we say writing an exam, and they say. Take- and they say taking an exam. Interesting. They say take shit in chiropractic in chiropractic school. Oh, we're we're gonna write the exam. What are you gonna write the questions? <laughs> yeah, take it. We're gonna take it to the store. <laughs> it's funny. Um, so speaking of nostalgia, uh, uh, so last week when we recorded this, we were under the impression, or at least I was under the impression, that dinner and a movie was gonna be you on the Friday night. I was like, huh? Okay. Oh, because I was saying it? Yeah, I guess I just didn't read the details. And then you texted me that day saying, no, it's actually on tonight. So that totally changed my Tuesday night. And um, you did you you ended up watching it on the Thursday. Yep. So um, between that and the re-listen app where I've gone back, I listened to the fish show we went to in 2000. You listened to that, right? No. Oh, you haven't? Listened to, I've listened to, I've listened to Reba. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't, the audio just, I can't, dude. You can't get past today. 
Um, That's how I used to listen. I don't want to experience shows like that anymore. So it's funny you say that because in this past week, I've been reminiscing and getting nostalgic about that type of listening uh, because um, where do I start? So I used to be in the Dave played a bit and I, I, I have every, every day Matthew show from 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. I've got them on CDs that I downloaded off of FTP sites and different torrent sites and and this and that. And I used to listen to the vast majority of my live music that way. And I also downloaded other bands. Like I listened to a lot of live music that way and I kind of got used to it, but it's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've gone back and listened to that. And um, so I discovered the re-listen app through a link on Reddit or something. And they have virtually every fish show in there, every dead show. And I went back to the one we went to in uh, July of 2000, your favorite year. And um, whenever I've looked at that set list, I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I wish I liked Fish more at the time. You know, it was, really, it was my first exposure. I knew a little bit, a few songs that I wanted to hear that night that they played. They were really heavily playing Farmhouse, that tour. Um, and it was out that year. But going back and listening to it, it's a fucking good show, man. Like, it's really, really good. If you can get past the audio quality or lack thereof because as they get deeper into it and the jams could get in the crowd gets quiet and you can pick up everything it's a little bit more bassy it's a little bit more over modulated but speaking of 2001 that's it teleported me back to that night because it was 21 years ago 20 years ago 20 and a half and i don't remember a ton of it i remember images i have vague you know it's cloudy and when 2001 started it became more in focus for me and i remember like I didn't remember actively, but when I heard it back, I went, oh, fuck, yeah. How loud the crowd was at that show, how well they reacted to different elements of the music. But but, but specifically in 2001, which each with each progressive note, bow, 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 the crowd got like roaring with those notes. Like it's crazy to listen to. It just sounded like, fuck, I remember being there and, and how intense that was. It was early in the second set and shit was going people were discovering the meaning of life and tasting colors like it was it was awesome so i would recommend you go back and listen to it but listening to that and then subsequently watching 2003's show and seeing what everybody was wearing and the vibe that was going on and our new buddy patrick gibbs right in front who was either trying to get better seats to get down i got to go back and watch it because when i first watched it i found it distracting and I was sitting there. Totally took everything away from the show. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm watching the first few minutes going, is the whole show going to be the one camera angle? And I'm glad that they, that they went past it and started getting into like a regular recording. But I got thinking, like, did they purposely select that show because of what was happening at the beginning of it? To me, it looked like a drug deal was going down. I think when you read the Reddit boards, they were trying to get better seats. They were trying to trade and, you know, pay to go down further. But it almost looked like they were going back and forth with somebody. Yeah, you want 50 for like, you know, you could see that happening. But the whole thing kind of took me back to that time in my life, because in 2003, I was listening to all of these uh, uh, bootleg shows or traded shows and listening to a lot of music that way. I was going to way more concerts than I am now. Um, I would have blended in with a lot of those people there. And it quite literally teleported me back to that time in my life where that was the bulk of what I listened to. You know, it's too bad you can't listen to it because there's some good stuff. Uh, okay, I'll 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 suck it up and okay. I'll go back to the time when you know you discover the dead and fish and you're 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 getting these discs and these tapes from people and you're just like, God damn it. 
and then they do an actual live recording and it's like the you know it's like the the sky you know the yeah it's like going from standard definition to hd like like that right um uh, and I'll, put it on, I'll download it i'll uh i'll listen to it listen to it i think you're gonna recognize that we were pretty lucky like for my first show to have a 20 minute reba open up which was a great jam there's just so many highlights from that show they sounded great um all of all of, all of which went over your head right for the most part i mean i took some things away but it didn't um yeah you know i wish i could almost go back and watch myself during that show and like kind of grab them by the shoulders and be like dude like snap out of it yeah, there's some really great shit going oh, on here but it it took some I'd time to marinate. I'd go back a lot farther than 2000 if I could talk to my former self. Yeah. Well, hindsight's 2020. What can you do? Um, but uh, but yeah, the the 2003 show, I think, you know, when we went into it, we were talking about 2.0 fish and their qualities and sort of the reservations with how they were playing at the time. But the show was great. It, it was really, them. really good. Like, I mean, it, it was one, if you look at the comments from 2003 shows, there's some, there's some clunkers and stinkers in there, according to the boards. But... That's one where, yeah, they brought it. They brought it. Just Would have been great about, to be able to just talk about like what being a, a fish clunker means and like the grand scheme of like band clunkers. Like a fish right. clunker is still an awesome show. When you talk about like Grateful Dead clunkers, mm -hmm. they're bad, huh? Unlisten uh, to me, they are yeah. unlistenable. I can't. Yeah. Wow. Jerry sounds weak and frail, and oh, it's just it's heart. It's I can't do it because it's heart wrenching. It's interesting you say that. I'm halfway through, uh, and this was on purpose because in the Relisten app, all of the festivals uh, from the '90s are soundboard quality on there, right? So they're not the bootlegs. They're they're not quite as good as what you get on Live Fish, but they're better than a bootleg. They're a nice little happy medium. Yeah. And uh, I've gone back to listen to the Great Went because I haven't really ever listened to that show. The only thing I've seen is what's on Bittersweet Motel. Yeah. yeah. And if you remember in Bittersweet Motel, there's a part where they they're they're pissed that the first set sucked. They're they're pissed at the first set, and all we really see is them just kind of stopping jamming, and then you see Paige playing it with Screaming Coil, and then they keep the audio on. The audience doesn't really see it, but you can hear the conversation when they go into the tent after the set. And uh, Trey's like, "Oh my God, we played a bad set. The new live album with the terrible disc one, and all this other stuff." And I'm halfway into that set, and I'm waiting for the clunkers to drop, and it's not there. Like it sounds good. Like it sounds really really good and i'm just waiting for it like what was what was it about it and, and again i haven't gotten into the second half it's like an 11 or 12 song first set so it's almost like a full show um but i'm waiting for it because i think you're right the criteria for them in a clunker and the criteria for other bands is very different even i'm listening to 2010 still and not as much lately because i've been you know deviating quite a bit but i was listening to a jam of light and for about a minute it was clunky like they seemed lost couldn't really find their way there was just about a minute long section in the jam where it just didn't sound good but they got out of it really really quickly yeah. you know it's like they recognize like hey this isn't going where we want it to go let's go over here i can't speak to it in um, musical terms but so i mean for about a minute long i was squinting going oh guys like yeah. but they fixed it really quick i think a couple things you know i think i think 90s you know great went was 98 right 97, 96 was Clifford Ball, 98 was Lemon Wheel. Yes, yes, yes. So I think I think Trey was just a different person back then, right? Like you hear the interviews and, you know, he would like, it would be like an obsession mm. to get it right. Like charts and, mm. you know, versus 2010, he's like, oh, here's here's the uh, the weekly uh, siren, if you can hear it in the background. Yeah. 
Oop, I can. Yeah, I'm only um, I'm about to start the fifth song, which is Punch You in the Eye. So uh, Makisupa, Har- Harpua, um, Chalk Dust, which they kind of claimed was the sound check because they didn't get a proper sound check because it's a festival. Everybody's there. You can't just walk in and do it. So they essentially use it as a sound check, which might be part of it. Maybe they didn't hear it all that well. But Theme from the Bottom is the fourth track. And the jam in that is just solid. Like I I was into it, into it. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to get to the end of that set and see if there's anything that sticks out. And I'm also curious to see how much I'm going to be able to hear of them talking on stage because it is a soundboard. And in the movie, you can hear them saying, come on, guys, let's just relax. Like, they're all here for us. Like, what's the big deal? And everyone's like, I don't know. What's the big deal? Like, So yeah, I'm curious to, to check that out. But I guess different criteria, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's my favorite bathtub gin, by the way. It's known to be the quintessential gin. Like it's uh, when you kind of Google or search what's the best bathtub gin, it's the great one. And and Sirius Radio has been playing it. Okay. So like every once in a while, it's like good quality. What's so great about it? I don't, I I haven't heard it. I'm going to, of course. I'm going to be listening to it in the next couple of days. I just love the jam. I love, I love what Trey plays. I love the way the song moves. I love the energy. You know, it's just, it's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I mean, I I um, was really, really happy to see on that app that those are available because I've been wanting to listen to those, but in good quality for a long time. I would have gone back and listened to them in shitty quality, but it's even better that they're on soundboards. And and then to think about being at those festivals, just the amount of music that's been played that was played, and just all the things that were going on at pretty good events. Why those festivals haven't gotten like an official live fish release? You know. Yeah, I wondered that. I was also wondering, like, in the next 10 years, what are we going to see some see from them as anniversaries are coming up? Like, the band will be together for 40 years in 2023. Uh, that'll be 30 years since Rift came out. Um, this year will be 25 years since Clifford Ball. And I don't know if they'll, I mean, they just kind of celebrated the 25th year anniversary of the first New Year's Eve in Madison Square Garden. So maybe we'll see some of that stuff, perhaps. Um, it would be great. I, I, I don't know. Like we always say, there's method behind the madness. There's a reason certain shows come out. There's a reason. Um, I'd like to know what it is, but yeah, I wonder. I don't. Here's the thing, though. I I wouldn't be like I would be excited, but I'm excited for every release. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I'm excited. I was just excited for '93 to hear that show. Then I've heard the Clifford Ball. I've heard Great Wen. I've heard the Lemon Wheel. Like I've I've listened to these shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously we'll take what we can get. Um, yeah, it's, like, uh, these... Cartman. it's like Cartman. What's the big fucking deal, bitch? <laughs> I gotta get back into South Park. I have every episode. I just haven't watched it forever. I know it's gotten way more um, edgy and adult and Stan's dad is like really the main character now, isn't he? Randy? Isn't Randy oh, I, like... I don't watch I it. Think he, I think it very much sort of circles around Randy. He's got his own weed business in the show now. Like it's totally evolved and changed. You know, it's really crazy uh, as we deviate for a bit. South Park, those episodes are essentially done in one week. Oh, yeah. And they they finish doing them like the day that they air. They they just cram it out. And then so good. when you watch them and you see how clever the humor is and how well the stories tie together and they do it as quickly as they do. What a machine. And they do it and kind of like fish in a sense that they do it on their own terms in their own studio. They they dictate everything. They're in a position, those guys, where they can create what they want on their own terms. It's pretty awesome. Right. It's, it's awesome a, too that they did it in the age of the network. Yeah. Because now that's done, right? Like nothing stopped yeah. you from putting something on YouTube and and you know, yeah. other than YouTube censors people, but 
you know? Yeah. Please you can see. Whatever you want. Yeah. Awesome. So, what, so what's coming up in the fish world? What do we have to look forward to now? Is there anything like on the horizon that we're aware of? I don't, I don't know of any new releases. Well, funny, I, I, I never, I never, I was, I'm actually looking to you. I never go looking for this stuff. I just react. I'm like, Oh, cool. Okay. This is coming out. The yeah. I'm always, the last thing that I looked up was Patrick Gibbs because I was like, I gotta find out who this guy is, man. Yeah, yeah, and I already seen that the day before. Like he, and I was thinking as we were watching it, like I, I was watching it after it had happened, right? So I yeah. watched it. I probably started it quarter to twelve on Tuesday night, and I had checked on Reddit <laughs> right away. There was just memes galore of this guy and the look on his face when he's on the phone. And I was like, what is this? And within a few minutes of watching it, it was like, oh, okay. You saw the part, did you give it like a little, yeah, when you saw yeah, the part? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, but yeah, no, I'm always, I'm always looking for content, looking for new things to listen to in regards to the band. And I, and I, and I have been doing that. I've got more to share, but I don't know if it's really appropriate for the podcast. There's just, there's a lot. And you kind of do some digging and find older interviews and older podcasts and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll have to scrounge and get some content for next week, but typically won't be a problem we'll find some good stuff to, to, to talk about for sure cool beans anything else like i don't know there's nothing else going on no um i'm trying to think of like i'm trying to think of my thoughts around the show and in in 93 and and just that but no man you know yeah i mean I, it's one that i've sort of earmarked as one that i'm going to go back to and and listen to again and i think it's going to uh, prompt me to get to listen to more of those early shows i haven't spent a ton of time in the early early stuff um but there is something to it, you know, uh, the mindset of it, the venues that they're in, their mentality, what was to become that they're unaware of at the time. Like we know quite sort of the end of the story and I always find it interesting to go back in those times when these guys were starting out. So I'll go back and check more of that stuff out. Oh, dude, they're far from starting out in 93. It's been 10 years. Well, I know, but it, yeah, I guess uh, bigger venues. Zeppelin played. That's not starting out, man. Mm. You know, like you already have some success. If you're if you're being invited to where the dead played and where's that played, you're you're doing okay. Yeah, I guess that's a true story. Yeah. A true, I guess know, I'm just But to them it's clear, you know, like even you know, even you brought up Bittersweet Mattel, like even during that time, they Trey had a huge chip on his shoulder, man. Mm -hmm. He was not impressed with the way people were talking about the band, so he was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, man um i think that's all we have for this week so I'll yeah to, uh, i'll listen to the 2000 show and, I'll, and uh, we'll chat then yeah the re-listen app check it out again i think you're once you get into it i think your your ears will kind of adapt to your brain and then you'll put on a proper recording of holy shit that one was bad but um i did find that when i got listening to it you got used to it you know cool. it's just uh not well, as I, good I've, I've listened to plenty like i said it's one of those things you know you you, you finally sell the pinto and you get like you know, an SUV and it runs smooth. You're like, I'm a stick the, here. The Pinto. Although that's still the example when the car hasn't been made in 30, 40 years. The Pinto is still the classic example of a lemon of a car. What would you say now? Like everyone leases their cars. Yeah, that's a true story. I don't know. It's right? pretty. It's still pretty common to see a Dodge broken down on the side of the road. Like, <laughs> you, don't see, you don't see nice. You don't see K cars anymore. Like I'm looking. I I have a window right here. Like literally, yeah. like every car is like a brand new car, man. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. all right, man. Good week. Yeah. Good chat. Good music. Thanks for listening, everybody. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Comment. Tell your grandparents. Have Thanks. a great week. Bye. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. 
In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book, How to Get Your Friends Into Fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.